China's coronavirus lockdown is lifting, so we're catching up with the expats in Ningbo, near Shanghai, to see what they've been up to and how they've survived. Well, hi, and welcome to another interview. This evening with us, we have Stefan. So, Stefan, I see you've brought a small guest with you today. Yeah, there was no way around it. All right, well, anyways, we're here to ask a couple of questions mm -hmm. about what happened during the holidays. So, with the whole COVID-19 and the scares and the way that it overlapped with the Chinese New Year. So, as in most countries around the world, we all got locked down. So, how did it happen for you? Um, well, I was just coming back from holidays. Uh, didn't know much about it. We flew in China probably on the 24th or 5th. I can't remember right now. So I pretty much learned about this whole thing at the airport where my wife's family was panicking, wearing masks, and uh, um, I really didn't know what was going on. And so once you came back, like, how did it feel when you were coming back there? Like you got through the airport, how did it feel after that when you were here? Well, so first of all, I should say that I was really angry because this whole thing destroyed my uh, holiday plans. And that was my holidays, first holidays in, in two years. So I had things planned and I was unhappy that we had to go back for the um, Chinese New Year. But that's the obligation to my Chinese wife. I promise we would spend this time with her family. Um, yeah, so we came from this beautiful island in uh, in Vietnam, uh, right into uh, rain and uh, and this whole COVID nineteen um, circumstance. We didn't know much what was happening at the airport. They greeted us, gave us masks, um, and we got in the car, and then more information um, uh, flew in. Uh, and that was actually not Ningbo. We arrived to Nanchang, which is a, a different province, a capital of different province. And from there, we went to pretty much uh, countryside of uh, Jiangxi. Um, and there for the, was it two weeks? Yeah, we stayed longer after the uh, Chinese New Year. So we were secure, not many people there. Um, but at the same time, also not much supplies in terms of proper food, food that we like, uh, food that we had during holidays, uh, beautiful, you know, continental breakfasts and such. So uh, I was a little bit disappointed. I was a little bit angry that all this ideal was just completely uh, dismantled. And then I believe after two weeks, uh, we got back to Ningbo. And it started the whole new set of problems relating to the green code. <laughs> yeah, so that's one of the things that's happened is, and why we're actually called that, is everybody had to start going around to their green code. So, like, how did that change, like, when you came back to Ningbo? Like, how did that affect you? Like, did you notice any big differences over how you were being treated or how the city was? Yeah, so, um, first there was the quarantine. And we were pretty much locked in the apartment. Um, now, my wife decided, and fair enough, to spend this whole time with uh, her Chinese family. So it was 10 people living in, uh, in an apartment with um, 
because there was his, her sister, her other sister, and her brother, and some kids, and the parents. So 10 people all together, a little bit crowded. And the quarantine allowed only one person uh, for two days to leave and buy supplies. So yeah, I was totally locked in. Um, and still my mind back in this tropical island and um, mourning my, you know, dead holidays. Um, so yeah, that was tricky for a month. Uh, I didn't pretty much go out. Um, I stopped smoking. I am a smoker. Uh, smoker. Um, I, I was just so uncomfortable asking them to buy me a pack of smokes. So uh, I just stopped smoking. That was good. That was good. Um, after that, we returned to our own uh, apartment. And yeah, the green code was still kind of new. Uh, the security would react differently. Um, asking for different codes. The codes change between different apps. And um, it was stressful sometimes because once I remember coming back from um, shopping and suddenly there was this, I suppose someone either from the police or some sort of overseer and suddenly all the guards became very like, you know, everything needs to be by the book. And I didn't have a new code. I didn't register somewhere, which I couldn't because I was quarantined but in a different compound uh, and they wouldn't let me in um, and I'm like hey look I'm carrying shopping my baby is waiting for food because it's early morning so come on let's do this and then I couldn't they kept me in a uh, in an office and uh, I couldn't get my wife on the phone for whatever reason I guess she was busy and with my very uh, basic Chinese, we tried to sort it out. Finally, I got a policeman and this official, uh, whatever he was officiating, I don't know. They came with me to my apartment uh, to check my passport. And then I had to wait for a doctor that never came. Uh, so yeah, that, that's the problem. Um, lack of consistency sometimes with different procedures and also the treatment of foreigners slightly slightly different uh always more suspicion uh you know where did you come from did you carry the disease and you're not chinese uh you're dangerous and you are not one of us um so in terms of um some official proceedings related to either documents or, or such um, that is a little bit more prolonged usually but also simple stuff like uh, hey, simple stuff like going shopping and then um, okay you get to scan your code and you need to have your mask but then the locals will tell you hey, hey uh, did you scan your code did you do this do you have the code uh, do you have the mask? Put the mask on. Are you sure it's on? But the locals are not wearing masks anymore. That was mm -hmm. the month after. And they were already relaxed because China did pretty good on, mm -hmm. on, on uh, containing this whole uh, virus. But they still look at foreigners as a contagion in a way. Yeah. So that is annoying. I've definitely had that feeling sometimes. Um, 
Though I know that a lot of this is procedures and some of this has also flown both sides of the borders on this mm. case. Um, but this is a little bit, so just to backtrack a little bit and let the viewers know you a little bit better. Mm. So where do you come from and how long have you been here? Right, so I was born in Poland and I come from Poland, I'm Polish. Uh, but I did uh, spend 10 years in Ireland where I graduated, uh, where I had my first working experience as well. Uh, it was in Ireland when uh, I got interested in, in China and I graduated in Chinese studies, which brought me to China. So, um, yeah, um, I'm Polish, but kind of uh, Irish educated in a way. Formed. I was. I guess I was a, a, a boy in Poland. I became a man, and then adult in uh, Ireland. So, so that formed me. Uh, then I came to China uh, as a student first uh, on a student exchange. Um, then after graduating, uh, I came to China to do my PhD on Chinese national minorities. Um, and then the PhD, for different reasons, collapsed. Hmm. And I decided, well, between going back to Ireland and rewriting my thesis and staying in um, China and kind of make it work, maybe, or finding a different path, I decided to stay in China because it was easier. And I really wanted to stay in China at the time. I was pretty much still in love with, with China. Um, so that's what brought me here. So what made you stay? Ah, yeah. Well, I would say uh, my wife. <laughs> yeah, at some point. So, yeah, actually, it's a question about the Ningbo. Um, I wanted to leave Ningbo many times, and there was always something that would uh, make me stay. Usually people, sometimes Chinese people, local people, but also foreigners I met, good friends, and then finally a woman who became my wife. Um, I was already on the way to Langeau. I had a job at the university waiting for me. And, uh, and I met her. And I stayed. And, uh, and I got this little bugger. So, yeah, I'm pretty much settled here. All right. So, um, what are your general thoughts on Ningbo compared to these other Chinese cities that mm. you've thought about going to? Yeah, Ningbo is a special case. I never liked Ningbo so much. It's a very comfortable place. It's a comfortable modern city. It's clean, cleaner than most Chinese cities. Um, I would say comfortable is, is the, the epithet that really um, describes it. But although historically it's actually one of the oldest settlements in, uh, in China, you don't see it. There is no history that you can actually easily access here and see like you would in Beijing or Xi'an or uh, some other places. Um, so for me, I also have a degree in history. This is pretty boring and uninspiring. Um, cuisine is boring. I mean, Ningbonese cuisine is basically what? Salt and water and trophy shrimps. Um, so yeah, not much going there, but um, it is comfortable. Um, it's modern, like I said, there's metro. Um, so if you have people around you that make it interesting or family, then you know, it's, uh, I guess it's okay.
Well, I can see why you're staying here right now, yeah. but um, just out of mm -hmm. in general. So what do you have any future plans for the city? Yeah. Um, so it's been nine years. Uh, it's been kind of long nine years, almost 10. Um, and it's funny because I mentioned I wanted to leave this place so many times. The only reason I reason I came to here was just to see my uh, Chinese teacher from that was my teacher in Ireland at the university. I was supposed to go to Xinjiang do my research, and it didn't work out. I stayed and then I stayed again and again and again. Now I'm married. I have a beautiful kid, and my wife uh, and her family are pretty much settled here. We have a, a, a um, art training school, so it's gonna be Nimbo. It's gonna be Ningbo for um, any foreseeable future, as long as, um, well, until I guess China collapses. I can't see any uh, any changing plans um, on that. And um, I probably still be teaching English and probably uh, and music, and my wife will be in dance. So um, yeah, that's it for us, I think. Um, until he's a little bit older, I think once, um, we'll start thinking about, um, primary school or maybe the middle school, maybe then I will start, uh, considering maybe different locations. All right. Well, thank you, Tristan. Hmm. A good boy. And thank you, Stefan, for sharing your stories with us. It was a pleasure. So thanks to our viewers for watching this evening. If you guys uh, like this, don't forget to come back next week for the next interview. And I hope you guys learned a little something about what foreigners think of Ningbo. And thanks, everybody. Well, that was another interesting story. If you've liked what you've heard, don't forget to subscribe so you can get more great interviews next week. See you soon.